0: plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: Welcome into episode 17 of BLT bets with Tyler, Liam and Bagged milk, a podcast where the three of us just talk about betting and all sorts of sports. It's a good tagline. I think I think that's an appropriate description of the pod. Betting in all kinds
0: of sports. BLT BL-
2: bets.
1: That's what we do. That's what it stands for. Mm-hmm.
2: Coming at you every second week in the summer, and in the hockey season, probably a little bit more.
0: I'm excited for just kind of that period. Well, let's say what October, when everything's starting to gear up again. Baseball playoffs are on. That's just prime sports time. We're 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 inching towards it.
2: Yeah, like you compare right now, we're literally all there is to bet on: Major League Baseball in North America, soccer, F1. And then you compare it to October when it'll be NFL, NHL, NBA, MLB. Like everything is rolling at full speed. It'll be uh, unbelievable. I can't wait. It's the best month of the year, October.
1: It's another one where every year it's like there's at least one major sports game or something like that. I always remember seeing that graphic where it's like, oh, this is the first time since blah, 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 that all these sports are playing. No? But, just me?
2: It, it would make it, sense. That, that should happen in, October in be October. The time. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I think there might've been something last year where there was, uh, it was a day in November, I want to say. And it was like the first time all four leagues have played on the same day in November or something like that.
1: Hmm, um, maybe that was it.
2: Yeah. I think I, I, think I remember what you're talking about though. Um, we're going to talk about some NFL on this podcast because I went balls deep in research today. I got a lot of research done for uh, some NFL season long bets that I'll be placing. I think in total, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 9, 10, 11, 12. 12 NFL season long bets that I am placing. I have worked out my bankroll. I have made a deposit and I am ready to roll on them. So uh, we'll get to that in just a second. Um, Liam will have soccer picks as he always does as well. Um, but, Bag Milk, you're coming off a hell of an F1 weekend. I had a decent
0: little weekend. I got a little risky with my bets on the weekend. Um... And they paid off. It was one of those weekends where I was just like, you know what? I'm going to do a couple of sprinkles here and there on a couple of different ideas. And uh, I did quite well. I did quite well. I had... Liam, you'll appreciate this, I feel like. Because some penalties or there was some kind of... I don't know exactly why Max Verstappen started at P14 to start the race on Sunday. But the odds I got him at to win was plus 550. Wow. So I'm just like... Might as well toss a couple of shekels on there, see what Might happens. Well. And not only did he win, he won by a landslide. So that Very was a nice one. I also had uh, some success on DraftKings with F one this weekend. So I just had a nice little F one weekend after the summer break. It was nice.
2: So take no me through the F one strategy on DK like or on daily fantasy. Like, what are you doing there?
0: So what I've learned is DK. The best thing that I can do, so I did two five dollar contests on Sunday. Um, so not not major money or anything like that. But what I've done is, I load up on my team captain and my constructor team, and then everything in the middle just kind of what I can average out. So this past weekend, I had my captain was Max Verstappen, which worked out nicely because he ended up winning. I had my other big name in there was Carlos Sainz because he started hole if I remember correctly on Sunday and then my constructor was Red Bull so they finished 1-2 on the weekend Carlos signs finished 3 so there's my big points came from those 3 items and then in the middle I just tried to find some guys who I thought might actually finish the race and which is always fun and challenging so
1: yeah. um, did you uh, take weekend? Albon was Albon on the DK team I did not have Albon I could not afford yeah, it unfortunately I guess he was pretty high 6 I think he started right Pretty yeah, high for him, like I think, or without without Red Bull. But it was, it was a weird like race because, yeah, there were so many penalties. Like, Bottas yes. had a penalty that was – I'm sure it was like he had to start 30 places back or something like that, which is impossible on an F1 track because there's only 20 races. Mm-hmm. So, And then he didn't end up finishing even last because – starting last because there were so many other penalties ahead of him, which bumped him up the grid. It just really didn't make any sense what all the penalties Where- even meant.
0: Where I did lose out Liam was I put a couple of dollars on Lewis Hamilton to podium, and unfortunately, he did not finish the race after an early crash.
2: Has he fallen off a little bit this year?
1: It's his car, it seems like. Liam, no? Yeah, I I don't think it's him. I think it's the car, and him and Russell. Like, Russell, it's interesting because at the start of the season, he was doing way better than Hamilton. I called it the bet of the year to bet over Russell over Hamilton. Pretty bold Mm -hmm. now. But... I think the difference was Russell was so used to driving a terrible car, making the most of it, where Hamilton was used to driving this one of the best cars the grid has ever seen. And then just turned into absolutely nothing. Like they were just literally bounced around the track for 50, however many laps. And now they seem to have figured it out quite a bit. And Mercedes are probably, it's probably the second best car on the grid right now, considering Ferrari can't do anything right at the moment. It's just terrible for them. They, make so many mistakes in the strategy it's it's truly unbelievable because they should be right up there with Red Bull.
0: It's just like now it, it you're 100% right. Ferrari is just shooting themselves at the foot at ev- every turn it seems like. They were right there in the constructor uh in the points for the constructor right at the beginning of the season and now it's like it's basically Red Bull's to lose at this point.
1: Yeah, they probably have the best two drivers per team, I would say. Like I think Sainz and Leclerc are better than Checo. So I would put them ahead in the Red Bull. But they, the team, of the Red Bull team just knows how to win races. And I guess to be fair to Ferrari, like it, it's not just going to come overnight. Like it took Red Bull a couple of years to get past Mercedes and now they're there. And now Ferrari's trying to compete with them. Like I got a feeling there'll be some changes on Ferrari, which will put them up the grid a little bit more next season. But for right now, like I wouldn't risk any money on anyone on Ferrari because you they're so unpredictable and stupid, quite frankly.
0: Yeah, unless you're betting Leclerc to win pole on Saturday?
1: Yeah, I'm staying Mr. Away Saturday.
0: From Mr. Saturday. I w- I just looked and unfortunately I can't see anything right now. Where do you think William uh Daniel Ricciardo ends up? I was I was hoping I could bet on
1: it. Uh, I don't know. There's not a lot of seats and he makes so much money, so I don't think he's going to go to like Williams or Haas. There's a lot of talk about him going back to Renault, which is Alpine now, but now there's also a lot of talk about him going to uh, uh, sorry, Pierre Gasly going there too. So I don't know. Like for me, it's either Renault or he just doesn't race for you because they can have see to that. they have to pay out his contract, which is twenty three million. Ooh. So I don't know. I don't know. Like it's obviously not ideal for him to be off the grid for a season, but I could also see a team maybe, you know, taking a bit of a risk. Like, what if Haas was just like, okay, well, maybe we'll invest in this and hope that him. Being such a like, he's arguably the face of Formula One because of drive to survive. He's one of the better, he's one of the drivers with the most wins on the grid. Yeah. And he's, he's probably like everything considered like market value, he's probably in the top three. So if Haas is like, okay, well, maybe we invest a little bit more in him and maybe he takes a discount because he's earning so much from McLaren that he comes and races for Haas. And then you have uh, Ricardo and Kevin Magnussen and just try and hope that you get some deals. Uh, This has nothing to do with betting, but I just want to tell Liam because I started watching it
0: last night. Uh, If you're looking for a documentary to watch on a little racing, I don't know if you've seen the Le Mans docuseries on Amazon Prime. No, I started watching it last night. It's really good. That's the desert race, right? Or is that the overnight race? That's the one that goes uh, for 24 straight hours. Right, right. Didn't Fernando Alonso win that? He was in it. Uh, there's actually, yeah. so where I'm at, I'm only two episodes in, um, I don't remember his name off the top of my head. I wish I did, but, um, there's a couple F1 drivers in there. Former F1 really? drivers are just like, yeah. And it's an interesting sport too. Cause you have a team of three driving the same car around cause it's a 24 hour race. So it's, it's interesting. If you're looking for a show to watch, about racing, check that one out.
2: All right, Tyler, back to you. Well, <laughs> I, I had a question about, so I'm looking at the odds for, uh, the race on September 2nd and Verstappen's minus 143 to win. Just from my limited knowledge and limited tracking of F1, that feels like free money, doesn't it? Like, hasn't isn't he just dominating right now?
1: Yes. Yes. And it's <laughs> yes, also it's also the Dutch Grand Prix, and he's from the Netherlands. Oh. So you would have to imagine he goes balls to the wall for that one. Like, maybe even if you wanted to get a little money, more value on him, you could do, like, fastest lap and him to win or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, that yeah. probably works good. Um I don't know if there'll be any I think all the penalties are done. So I think the grid will be back to normal, but Verstappen will be a good one to go off. And honestly, if you really want to run a risk, like Williams was like, not Latifi, but Alex Albon was <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> was quick. Like they, I'm sure I saw something like Williams was the fastest car on the straightaway which is very unusual. And I don't know what the the Dutch Grand Prix really looks like, but if it plays in Williams' favor, maybe you could splash a little bit on them getting into like a top 10 or making it to Q3 and qualifying. That might be worth a little money. Uh, if you want some stats, Tyler, yep. about Max Verstappen and just
0: kind of winning, he has won five of his last seven races. So pretty good.
2: And minus 143, like I know some people don't love betting on like a big minus like that, although it's not huge, but I mean, a hundred dollar bet on that is still going to give you 70 bucks in profit. And that's implied odds of 58.8%. I feel like just from what you guys are saying, there's a better than 58% chance that this dude wins the race coming up. So it feels like actually a decent value spot if you can get it around minus 140.
0: He's won nine of 14 races so far this season. So yeah, I would agree and say that is pretty good bet if mm-hmm. you're if all you're right. doing something a little bit uh,
2: safer safer yep all right I like that um, if you want to chase DM- the
0: juice, bet on him to not finish if that's what you want to do you
1: know uh, Which is what he know. does when he doesn't win a race
0: so yes it's either he wins or he does not finish
2: <laughs> fair enough Uh, Let's move on to a little bit of NFL talk. We are eight days away from the official kickoff of the NFL season. It's a Thursday nighter between the LA Rams and the Buffalo Bills. Um, I am just so excited. I like, I love NFL football. I wasn't super big into it when I was younger. Like I really didn't know anything about it until I was kind of like 18, 19 started getting a fantasy, started to bet. And now I'm like, absolutely in love with it. There's nothing better than waking up on Sunday Finalizing your bets, I'm old school, so when I do n f l Sunday and I sit on my couch for six hours, I also have a pad of paper and I write down what all my bets are, and then throughout the day I have like checks and x's and I'm circling bets I've won. I love it. I'm like so intense about it um, but we're so close. this is good
0: because this is good because normally on real life, we do n f l but just to pick 'em yeah. And that's been my kind of dipping my toe into NFL betting over the last couple of years. I like watching the NFL. I don't really have a team. I just enjoy the sport. So my question for you boys then is if you're betting on NFL and you want to get outside money line, just the winners, what are some of the best parlay or some of the best props we can do in the NFL? Cause that's what I like to do.
2: Okay. So the one thing that I absolutely love doing and I highly recommend for like beginner NFL betters is teasers always be hammering teasers. It's basically like, so let's take the first game of the season. For example, the bills are minus two and a half point favorites, the Rams plus two and a half point underdogs. What you can do though, is tease the line a little bit. So you take the Rams, let's say you think they're going to keep it close instead of betting them at two and a half you tease that up to eight and a half. And obviously you're hurting your payout and you need to put these into parlays. Um, but I just love the idea of getting a little bit more value that way. And I think when you're a beginner better and you're trying to like get reads on games and whatnot, it's actually easier, although not quite as juicy in terms of a payout, it's easier to hit two or three teased bets and you're probably going to come out ahead versus if you keep trying to just parlay two or three straight up money line or two or three straight up spread bets. So in that first game, like I think it could be a really, really tight one. It's in LA. They're they're the defending Super Bowl champs teasing the Rams up to eight and a half, I think is a great spot. And then what else you could do is, you know, let's say you think that game's going to be high scoring. Okay. Well, then you can go ahead and tease the over under as well. So it's set at 52 and a half. But you could tease that down six points and get it at whatever that'd be 56 and a half and or sorry, 46 and a half. And that way, parlaying those two, you're going to be like minus 120. So still like a decent payout for like a same game parlay. And you're going to just give yourself a little bit more leeway against what the books are originally offering you. So that's something I really, really like doing. And I've gotten super into over the NFL season just because it gives yourself a little bit more wiggle room in terms of where the bet can kind of go.
1: start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today liam what kind of uh what kind of bets are you liking for nfl this year uh i like doing the in-game bets like live betting, like player props kind of halftime like i remember last year the chiefs i think they played houston first game of the season or someone like that and I got like four or five bets right at halftime and just nailed them all. Like, I don't know what it was. It just felt like they were a little undervalued. But there was one, for example, that was Clyde Edwards-Alaire. who's a running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. Was I think he was like 20 yards away from 80 yards or something like that. So he was about 60. And then I just hit it. And the Chiefs were up by like 15 points at halftime. So obviously they were going to run the ball. So sometimes you can kind of catch the box out a little bit like that and Aside from like live betting, I just like doing the player props more than the actual in game ones, but I sometimes match it towards my fantasy team. So I'm either doubling down or I'm having a terrible Sunday. So it's it's one of two ways for me on a on a Sunday day.
0: Possibly dumb NFL betting question. Is it harder to bet on the NFL early in the season when you don't necessarily know how teams are going to be yet, as opposed to maybe later in the year when you kind of know what you're know what you're watching?
1: Um, I would say, I think in the NFL, it's very obvious who the good teams are going to be. So it's not too difficult to get caught out on those teams, but like some, it's like any spot, I guess, like the middle of the pack teams are the one you can kind of get caught off on. And like, of course, like a team like the Dallas Cowboys seems to always have stuff in their favor because everybody's like the Toronto Maple Leafs. Everyone just bets on the Cowboys because yeah. it's such a big fan base. But I think at the start of the year, you can kind of like the same with the halftime bets, like catch a few of the bucks out on some of the stuff. Like I think um Cincinnati is a good example of that this season. Like they're being pretty undervalued considering the division they're in with Pittsburgh who doesn't have Big Ben anymore and looks like they're in a rebuild and Cleveland who currently doesn't have a quarterback. A yeah. good one anyway. And then so you can kind of catch them off, I think, with stuff like that.
2: Yeah, actually they're one of my favorite spots in week one, just seeing them as six and a half point favorites. I think that Pittsburgh team is going to be atrocious. I think the Bengals are like they're obviously better than the books are giving them credit for. And you know, maybe they're getting a little bit overhyped in the public just because of that Cinderella run to the Super Bowl, but like they're still going to be very good. That offense is still going to put up a ton of points. So for them to be six only six and a half point favorites at home against a division rival like the Steelers, I think that's a banging spot. I also think they're a team I kind of looked at on the futures market as well. And I, I haven't, you know, officially put it down yet. But I'm really tempted to take them to win their division at plus 175. I get that the Ravens are good, um, but the Bengals made the Super Bowl. Like people seem to almost be forgetting that, or it seems like the books are forgetting that, or maybe they're trying to rope me into a bet because they know something I don't. Um, but the Bengals at plus 175 to win their division seems like a really nice spot.
1: Yeah, that was one that I liked as well, actually.
0: I want to flip the ledger then. What about for you guys are bets that you just generally avoid when it comes to the NFL?
2: Um, I want to actually, the one thing I wanted to say is early in the season, I would be leery on player props in general because, you know, the superstars, we know the superstars will get kind of get theirs. But I think for a lot of players in the middle tier, there can be a bit of a like, ah, you're not really sure how their offense is going to use them and that kind of thing. So player props, I think can be generally a little bit harder to hit early in the season uh as far as what I stay away from I don't mess with a ton of team totals I, I just think you know a lot of times you can those numbers are set pretty sharp and a lot of times you can kind of hurt yourself. I mean, like, oh, I'm gonna like try get cute here and like take this team to go over 27 and a half points instead of just taking them to win. And maybe the payouts like not as good. Maybe they're minus 140 on the money line. So you take their team total at like minus 110, and it usually doesn't work out. At least in my experience, so team totals are something I usually stay away from. But if we're being honest, there's uh, not a lot that I don't bet on in the NFL.
1: Liam, anything to you with yeah, just um, the over-under, to be honest. Like, just the one that's set there. I just think to start the year, sometimes yeah. the defense can kind of just come out of nowhere. Like, I remember one year, the Detroit Lions had like, the second-best defense all season, and they're historically known to be a terrible defensive team. So you kind of just don't know what teams are going to be until, I would say, probably week four onwards. So that's one thing I avoid. I don't mind the player props to start the year for the, like the stars, but as the year goes on, they kind of just get unplayable where it's just like, n- like you have to basically bet a guy to get a hundred yards a game and it's just kind of like, eh, it's not really it's almost- worth it.
2: It's almost the reverse where early in the year, I think you can usually get some value on the stars because people Mm -hmm. just aren't really betting on it a ton. The market isn't there. And then as the year goes on, you're right. They usually take like if you want to bet Jamar chases over for receiving yards, they have that shit set at like 105. And if you want to bet, maybe it's T Higgins, a guy who's not as popular, doesn't maybe get as much action like you can find the value on those sort of second tier players in the NFL later in the season. Cause again, a lot of casual fans are going in there and just pumping money into the stars. Cause that's who they know. It's more fun, blah, blah, blah. But there's more value later in the year on player props for sure. Um, <laughs> Liam, I don't, you said you had a couple of NFL season long bets. I said I had a ton. Um, so I'll start, I'll go with one. Uh, we'll start with player props. Actually, Justin Fields, over 3,300 passing yards on the season. Um, it's one of the lower marks for starting quarterbacks around the league. And he had 1800 last year and he only played four and a half games. So the simple math there, he's going to play if he stays healthy all season, three times as many games. And if he keeps up his average, which in the full games he played last year, he averaged 243 yards. That works out to over 4,100 yards over the course of a full season. That means he would crush his over under by 800 yards. Even if he only played 14 games, he would still hit that over by hundred yards. So there's a ton of wiggle room there. He's a young quarterback with a bunch of upside and people might be sitting there being like, like, oh, the bears are junk. They're garbage. Why would you bet on someone on the bears? They're going to be so bad. But when they get down by a ton in the first half, which I think will happen a lot with them, what'll happen is in the second half, they'll have garbage time. They'll be, it'll be Justin Fields throwing the ball because they're trying to play catch up. It won't be a lot of running in that offense. So I think there'll be a lot of games where they lose 35 to 14, but Justin Fields pops off 270 yards because in the second half of the game, he was just airing it out consistently. And his offensive weapons aren't great, but he's got Darnell Mooney, who I think is a legit high end wide receiver who could move into that role. So Justin Fields over 3,300 and a half. Passing yards is my first big player prop bet of the year.
1: Okay. I'll go with a, a former Chicago bear. I'm going to go with Alan Robinson as the comeback player of the year. At plus at 220, uh, 2200. Sorry. Wow. 22, um, to one. 22 to one. He's now on the Rams. So that offense is just so good. And I just think there's, there's a really good chance we could see him get back to what he was when the bears signed him, when he was in Jacksonville and then he went to the bears and that offense with Robert Woods now gone, I believe, or maybe still hurt. I can't remember. But yeah, either way, like, he's in Houston. Woods is gone. He's going to be the second guy. And Cooper's going to get, uh, Cooper Cup is going to get uh, double teamed all the time. So it just makes it wide open for Allen Robinson to kind of step in there and become a key figure in the offense. So 2,200 for Allen Robinson, comeback player of the year is my, my second favorite prop, actually. I just noticed another one. Do you want me to get right into that one? Kind of plays into a couple of them where you got one.
2: Okay, yeah, I'll I'll go next with uh again taking some over-unders for season longs. So there's three wide receivers who I think are really, really good spots. The first one is I'm actually sticking with the Chicago Bears. Darnell Mooney over 950 receiving yards on the season. He had a thousand and fifty-five. So he hit this by again hundred yards last season. And he's the lone wide receiver in that offense. They have like Nikhil Harry and shit. There are no receivers there. Um, the so Canadian that board. on one hand he'll start attracting some better cornerbacks but also last year Robinson barely played like Mooney was still kind of the guy he had to deal with a lot of tough assignments last year anyways so I actually really like going with Mooney over 950 yards it pairs up well with the fields bet they're going to be garbage so maybe this all goes up in flames but I think again like We're talking garbage time here. There's going to be a lot of chances for Mooney to catch the ball when this team's trying to play uh, catch up. So he was my first receiver. Stefan Diggs over 1,200. Again, these are basic over-under. So you're getting like minus 105 to minus 120 payouts on all these, depending on where you're betting. Um, But Diggs to get 1,200 yards next season seems like a super safe play. He had 1,225 last year. And the year before that, he led the entire NFL in receiving yards with 1,535. So again, a great spot. Spot here he's traditionally hit this i think the number's a little bit too low and the third one i have is uh justin jefferson over 1350 last season he clipped the eclipse the 1600 mark so again he should pretty easily hit 1350 kirk cousins still the qb there the offense is relatively similar i just think this is an environment that's you know, more or less the same that he had success in last year. So Jefferson over thirteen fifty feels like a good spot as well. So those are three receivers I'm keeping an eye on for over unders.
1: All right, I'm going all in on the LA Chargers this year. Wow, that's my that's my team. So I'm going to have Herbert to win the MVP at plus nine hundred. Okay. Because I think no, I win. I no win the division. I finally saw, so to win the division a plus two twenty five over Kansas, who is plus one thirty. I think they were. And I found another one, which is a little juicy, but I think this division is there's three really good teams that he could go either way. So I think there's a good chance this could happen. So, and the value is great. Chargers and Raiders to finish as the top two teams in the division is 11 to one.
2: Hmm.
1: Like that's the, I think three teams in that division are going to the playoffs. So just with that value alone, like you kind of, I think it's a tough one to miss. So I'm going to go char- Chargers and Raiders to be one-two in the division and then LA Chargers to win the division at plus 225 and Herbert 900 to win MVP. Like The players they added, like they added Khalil Mack to their defense and then in their offense they already have Eckler, Keenan Allen, uh, obviously Herbert. They got JC Jackson as well. I know he's injured for the first few weeks, but that team just seems yeah. so built to win a ton of games. And Kansas got a little bit worse. Like their offense is maybe wide receiver wise is a little deeper with Juju and um, what's his Valda Scantlin isn't a bad player. And they got Sky Moore, the rookie they
2: picked up too. I'm really high on him.
1: Yeah. But losing Tyreek Hill just, it Mm. just feels like he was such a, such a key part of their offense, right? And now he's in Miami, who yeah, I guess another bet I have is the Bills and Pats to finish one-two in the division because I don't think Miami will do anything this year. Really? Um, I just to a, I just don't think he's good enough. Um, But on the Chargers, they just added so much, and so did the Raiders with Duante Adams. And Kansas, I just don't think we're able to match it as well and arguably got worse with just losing Hill whilst the Raiders added Adams and... Chargers added Mac and J.C. Jackson. Yeah. So I do go. like My the Chargers. I think okay. that's a
2: decent play. I think the Dolphins can be okay. I don't love the Pats, though. Like, I'm not... like if, if You said you're not a big Tua guy. Like, I'm not a big Mac Jones fan either. I don't think there's a ton of high-end potential there. Um, but... I think I, with
1: Mac Jones, he's just average enough where Tua has higher faults, if that yeah, makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So that's why I don't think by any means either of them are world beaters, but maybe the offense, the offensive weapons to a has can help them get over like uh, Jaden Waddle and uh, mm-hmm. Hale, obviously. But I don't know Bill Belichick and the bats. So it's hard to bet against them sometimes.
2: Yeah, that's fair. Um, Next up, I'm going to uh, leaders in in stat categories. So the first one I have is Jonathan Taylor to lead the NFL in rushing. You can get him at plus 400 this year to lead the NFL in rushing. Last year, he led the league in rushing yards by a total of 552 yards. That's insane, man. That is crazy. And on one hand, like if Derrick Henry's healthy, you know, he's the king, he's going to be running like crazy. That's something that does concern me a little potentially is is Derrick Henry being at 100%. But Jonathan Taylor led the league by 550 yards and you're getting him at 4 to 1 odds to do it again this season. I just think that is unbelievable value at that spot. That number should be down at like plus 175, plus 200. Yes, the injury concern, he's handled the ball a ton. Running backs usually only have so many bullets before a big injury hits them. That's concerning, but that's always concerning with player props. And again, at the the four to one value, I just think that's too good to pass up. So I'm doing Taylor to lead the NFL in rushing, and then I'm doing a split bet for receiving yards. So basically, I'm taking one unit. Let's say it's one hundred dollars. I'm throwing 60% of it on Cooper Cup to lead the NFL in receiving yards again at plus 850. He did it last year. He led the NFL in yards by 330 yards. He still has Matt Stafford. There's a few more weapons. They swapped OBJ with Allen Robinson. So, like, there's still weapons around him. It's not like he's a solo piece in that offense. Cooper Cup can do it again, plus 850. I love that spot. And then what I'm doing, 60% of the unit goes on Cup, 30% is going to go on Stefan Diggs at 15 to one. He did this two years ago, last year he, he had a bit of an up and down season, even though it was still a really good year and he's still a high end wide receiver. But I just think that Bill's offense is they have the potential to be the number one offense in the NFL. A lot of the books have them as number one, they're plus 600 to lead the NFL in points scored this year. I think, Throwing a little bit of the unit on digs is a nice safety blanket. And then I'm taking 10% and I'm throwing it on a bit of a long shot here. And it's Michael Pittman at 30 to one. This guy's coming off a pretty good season. A lot of fantasy experts think he can have like a blow up year. And next season, we're talking about Pittman as a guy that goes like early in the first rounds of drafts. If that happens, it could be because he leads the NFL in receiving. He had a decent year last year, and now he's got Matt Ryan, who's the best quarterback Pittman's ever played with. I think throwing just a little bit, like I'm not saying it's likely to happen, but 30 to one feels good. So by spreading out the unit that way amongst those three, I think I've covered my bases relatively well. And with the worst payout of the bunch being plus 850, and that's where I'm throwing 60% of my unit, I'm actually still in a spot where off a $100 bet, I could very comfortably make a few hundred dollars off this bet. Or if my boy, Michael Pittman comes through, it'll look really, really good. Right. Um, so I, I like splitting it up that way on, on the stack categories.
1: Bag milk who convinced you the most to make some bets Me or Tyler.
0: Uh, Hmm. You know what? I think you both make good points. Um, I'm going to have to go ahead and say we're going to we're going to need you guys both to fist fight <laughs> to see who reigns supreme as the football betting champion.
2: I have uh... they have it. I have one more set and it's team total wins. I'll I'll be super quick here because I know we've been going long on this. Uh, Cardinals over eight and a half wins at plus 100. They won 11 games last year. If this number was set at like 10 and a half or 10 even, I might avoid it, but eight and a half at plus money is a really nice spot. I rattled through their schedule and it's pretty easy to see a way for them to win nine games rather comfortably next season. So Cardinals over eight and a half wins is a very nice spot. And I'm going with the New Orleans Saints under eight and a half wins this season. They had nine last year. I don't see nine locks on their schedule. They got a new coach. I think they could slip back a little bit. Um, I, I think the Saints going under eight and a half Cardinals over eight and a half. They're both right around even money. I think those are both really, really solid spots. If you're looking for a little bit of team total action this season as well. There you and go. yeah, that's all I got for NFL bets. Did you have any more, Liam?
1: No, I'm uh I'm locked in on those six, I think that was. Rams to win the division. I don't know if I said that plus one thirty. Yep. I feel like when you can get that, why not? Uh, should I we mean, wrap up with a sandwich?
2: Yes. And actually one more. I'm parlaying bills and bucks to win their division. You get that at plus one ten when you parlay it. That's really nice. I don't I think both those teams run away with their divisions again this year. Um yeah, I'm- yeah okay, let's let's wrap it up with a sandwich. Um if you guys need a little bit of time to think, I can go first. I'm taking the Toronto Blue Jays team total this evening. It is set at five and a half paying minus one Oh two offense is starting to hum along a little bit. Got a big dinger from Teoscar last night a dinger from Vladdy they scored some runs. I think this is a very nice spot for the Jays to go over five and a half Cubs still have a name to starter for this evening. So I think the Jays sweep them, but I like the team total at five and a half, even more.
1: You got,
0: I'll no jump one, nope. in next on this. Uh, I'm going to put a, casual leg to the BLT sandwich this week. I, too, am going to go to the Toronto Blue Jays, but I'm just going to pick them on the money line to pick up a third straight win against the Chicago Cubs.
1: And I will go with one that's tomorrow. Manchester United plus 110 to beat Leicester City.
2: Man, one you three. to beat Leicester City?
1: Yep, plus 110 on the money line. All right,
2: That seems like a pretty we'll
1: good spot. It. I haven't won a game yet.
2: So the Jays to go over five and a half runs and win tonight comes out to plus 120. And what did you say the odds were on yours, Liam? Plus 110. Plus
1: 110. So a couple plus money bets for you.
2: All right. Sounds good. Shout out to our presenting spot. What? There you go. Go Jays. Go Jays. Big Jays. And next week, we'll... I'm thinking we should do one like next Wednesday or Thursday and uh, talk about the NFL season starting the next day, maybe get into some week one action in the NFL. And uh, maybe Liam and I will go head to head every week to see who we can crown as the ultimate NFL better.
0: Ooh, and I'll just, I'll slip in some props in there and I'll just see how I can compete against you two.
1: Yeah, find a, find a nice prop. You don't do any research. Just go look and be like, oh, that'd be a good one. Yeah, maybe just pick just somebody it.
0: based on their name, and I find their name entertaining or something.
1: It, yeah, exactly. That bagged
0: that'll milk nice, dart
2: throw of the week.
0: <laughs> oh, I could absolutely <laughs> do that for the NFL. Two thousand percent.
2: All right, Two, so you have that to look remember, forward to uh, next. Remember,
0: weekend. I did win the real life pickem a couple of years ago. Ooh. So this dart throw could win you some money, fair listeners.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think so. It could. Okay, we'll have that next week uh, on uh, the Wednesday edition of the podcast. That's going to do it for episode 17. Shout out to our friends at PointsBet Canada. If you are in Ontario, check them out. It'll deposit bonus in there as well. We'll chat with you next week.